Hey there! Sit down, make yourself comfortable, and grab a cup of tea. Welcome to the 23rd episode of Thea's Tea. Thanks for tuning in! Hey everybody, welcome to September's bonus episode where I answer the questions that you sent me through Instagram. If you're not following, be sure to do so. It's at Thea's Tea Podcast, and it is linked, of course, in the show notes along with everything I mention in my episodes. For today's tea talk, I am drinking one of these little cubes of tea, which has like sugar and the flavor, and it infuses your water basically, which is so convenient because you just pop it in and it's already sweet. It's super flavorful and it doesn't really produce much waste. So it's super awesome. The flavor, I suck at distinguishing flavors, but I'm pretty sure (laughs) it's lemon and the mug I am drinking it in is this light pink mug. It's plastic (laughs) and yeah you know it's just a really nice lightweight mug which is convenient for when I'm recording because I take like really quick sips in between takes so I think it's important to have something that's not really heavy unfortunately the rest of my mugs are like ceramic so they are a bit heavier but I'm happy (laughs) with everything Our first question of the day comes from Sophie and she asks how I deal with school-related stress. Now this is a really good question because I struggle with this a lot. Note that that verb is not in past tense because I still do struggle to this day and it definitely is a challenge especially in this generation because it's so overachieving and you know it's a blessing and a curse so here are a couple of my tips to deal with that. So I think it's really important to be able to separate your personal life and your rest time from your academic life. So that means you are going to have to put some limits. For instance, what I do is that every day after about 4 p.m., I stop studying and that gives me time to do like two plus hours of homework in one day and I think that's enough, you know, if I didn't achieve everything on my to-do list, it's not the end of the world, but I need to put boundaries and I need to restrict myself because I know that if I didn't put those clear limits, I would study into the late hours of the night and I would overdo so many things up to the point where it would consume my own personal life and where I wouldn't have like a life outside of school. So I think one really important thing is to place those limits. And the reason why you want to put these limits is because it will take a lot of weight off of you if you are always thinking about school or working for school or doing something related to school then that's going to be on your mind all the time and you're always going to be worried about it but if you can manage to put a boundary and have a set amount of time where you will not be doing anything related to that at first you'll still be thinking a lot about school but with time your body will learn to disconnect and your body will learn that that time is for you not for school so you'll focus on other things and your mind will naturally drift away from school related thoughts so that is really important and another benefit of setting limits is that it will force you to learn to manage your time better if you're like okay i only have x many hours to do all of my homework then you'll know that you need to make the most of that time and it won't give you room to like take longer on things that you could do in a quick way that's not to say that you'll start doing things in a really mediocre way but it'll just make you more self-aware of how valuable time is and you won't spend time getting distracted on your phone or perfecting every single little detail of a project when they're not even noticeable. It'll make you more aware of that stuff so you'll be able to manage your time better. Another thing that helps me deal with school-related stress, and it's a pretty obvious one, 
is to make to-do lists. I love lists. I'm a one on the Enneagram and we tend to love lists, but there's a really good reason for that. And it's that a list helps get everything off your mind. So you don't have to worry about juggling everything you have to do in your head and hoping you remember everything. Your mind is cleared when you write everything down and it makes sure that you won't forget anything. So I think making to-do lists really lifts the pressure of trying to remember everything in my head and guarantee that I get everything done. So I would advise you do that, even if you're outside of the school time that I mentioned. If you remember something you have pending that's academic related, you can simply write it on your to-do list and not worry about it till the next day. So I think that is definitely a really good thing that has helped me lift <laughs> that stress. A quote that I want to share with you is strive for excellence, not perfection. So you don't have to get the top grade in everything. What you should strive for is making sure that you are a smart person and that you understand concepts, you can apply them in your daily life, and you can bring what you learn in the classroom out of the classroom and into your day-to-day -day life. I think that is the real meaning and value of school. So even if that sometimes isn't reflected in your grades because it never will be the top grade all the time, you can still be able to make sure that you're getting the essence of school and making sure that you're actually learning and taking things with you. And that doesn't always mean getting a good grade on an exam or memorizing a formula for just one test or a historic fact for that one test. I think that you really should orient kind of your energy and your focus to thinking you actually learn and not just cramming for a test because that is definitely a struggle I think students all over the world deal with daily. So following along with that, I have had to unteach myself to worry about grades for the reason I just told you and I'm saying that because I know deep down that it's true but I still struggle to apply it in my day-to-day -day life. And I worry so, so much about every little grade and sure, they do come into play and they do give you your final result, but one bad grade or so-so grade <laughs> is not the end of the world, you know? It plays a small part in your actual grade and you can focus your energy into lifting up other aspects of your grades for a certain class. And there are really many opportunities and you can talk to your teachers if you feel like you're struggling. There are so many options, but you shouldn't limit yourself to only focusing on grades and what kind of like the output of your product is. And for this, I recommend you listen to my episode, which is called Don't Expect Anything From Anyone, because I talk about expectations that we have. So yeah, as I was saying, you can't place so much value on the outcome of something or the outcome of your grades, because what really matters is the time you take to study and to prepare for it. And if you do it in a really good way, then that will be reflected in your day-to-day -day life because you can bring those concepts into your life and understand the world around you. So really just remember that grades do not reflect who you are, however many times you may have heard it, it still is important to remember that and tell yourself that, you know, that doesn't define you and that doesn't even define your academic process either, okay? You are worth so much more than that. So stop worrying so much about grades and focus your energy on other ways you can improve. And finally, I would say that you should do things with love. When you do things with love, it makes things much more enjoyable. And even if you have a bajillion tasks for the next day, but you love each and every one of them, then that will make you do them as if they were a hobby and not homework. And I know that can sometimes be hard because we feel like 
if we don't like something, then there's no way we can teach that to ourselves. But it definitely takes a lot of mind work, how you talk to yourself, how you build up things inside of your head. And if you can kind of fool yourself into thinking that you like something so that you can do it with a better attitude. So I hope all of that helps. Next question comes from Manu and she asks, if you could change one big in all caps, <laughs> thing that has happened in your life, what would you change? Now, this is kind of a sad question to think about, but I definitely think that it's important to address it because thinking about how an alternate version of your life could be definitely has its pros and its cons, and it can make you grateful of the life you do have. So I first want to clarify that I'm really happy in the situation I am in, where I'm living, my lifestyle, my friends, my family. I'm really pleased and satisfied with all of that. And I consider myself to be, you know, a happy teenager. But if I did have to pick something in my life that went differently, I guess it would have been to stop moving around. When I was growing up, I lived in several different places in different continents. Like I was born in Costa Rica and then I moved to Canada Egypt, Jordan, Bora Bora, and now I'm settled in Colombia. And I think that all of that moving around definitely gives you a global vision of everything and it makes you more open-minded and it teaches you so many important values like not tying yourself to anything and really understanding different realities of different parts in the world and people you know with different abilities and different resources so I really appreciate having my eyes opened in that sense and of course you can travel and everything but that's definitely not the same as living with people from a different culture interacting with them and really understanding how they lived their day-to-day -day life because that is just a whole other level of understanding. I think it's really funny because all throughout those years, what I always wanted was to settle down <laughs> because it's what I saw on TV shows and, you know, people just having the same life, their whole life, the same people, same school, same everything, and they were really comfortable with it. And I always wanted a sense of how that was. And I definitely have been able to understand it in these past five years. But, you know, I still do miss almost the uncertainty knowing that there was more for me to see and there was more waiting for me in the next step and kind of like not feeling limited, I guess. But it's really easy to fall into your comfort zone. And I feel like moving around all the time pushed me to new experiences, being able to interact with new people, adapt and all of that. And it really teaches you so much that I can't even mention everything in this episode because it would take forever. But it has so many benefits and I think that is really what I miss. Of course, I think everything happens for a reason, as I've mentioned several times before. And it's really odd because I guess I got what I always wanted and I learned <laughs> in the process that it really is good in some aspects, but you know, what I had before, I just kind of like took it for granted and I thought it would be what I always would have and I would always be moving around. And now that I understood that that's not the case, it made me appreciate more my whole past and I have some really awesome memories. I'm really happy where I am now and I love the life that I've created for myself because that's what I've done. I've made my life into what I love every day in so many aspects and I've taken initiative to take the steps towards where I want to be and I'm so happy that I've had the opportunity to do that but I guess it's just really taught me that you know appreciate where you are because the next day it could be taken away from you and everything has its pros and its cons and you know just <laughs> be aware of where you are because one day you're gonna miss it so I guess that would be the big thing that I would change. 
Osu asks, how do I take time on myself without feeling like I'm wasting my time? And honestly, same girl. I struggled with this a lot. And I remember a little story that kind of changed my perspective on this. So I'm going to share it with you. One time I was talking with my friend and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so lazy to do PE class because I kind of feel like I'm wasting my time. And her mom overheard the voice message that I had sent to my friend. And she told me, and she was like, don't feel guilty for that. Because when you're working out or doing any type of activity that is beneficial for you, you are creating a better person. You are taking care of yourself. You are nurturing yourself. And even though it may not seem fun, it is so important for your well-being, for your peace, for your balance. So take advantage of those activities and do them with love and do them well. And don't feel like you're wasting your time while you're doing them. And that kind of made me feel guilty for the attitude I had been taking. And I was like, oh my gosh, she is so right. How have I not been concerned about this my whole life? So in the process of quarantine, I have kind of reformed my life so that it benefits me and that it gives me spaces to do what's important for me. You should definitely listen to my episode on routines because I talked about how I tailored everything into making sure that my day-to-day life is balanced. So I guess how I incorporated that little story into my life was making sure that I was doing self-care activities and taking care of myself in a way that I enjoy. So that way it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone because while I'm doing something that I enjoy, I'm actually taking care of myself and doing something for me in the process. So some of the activities that I do, which incorporate that are reading, listening to music, journaling, skincare. It can be anything you enjoy. It can be playing Animal Crossing. Whatever you feel like is fun, make it a priority. Make sure that you get space in it every single day. And the way you can turn these simple and kind of fundamental activities like hygiene into an experience of self-care and loving yourself is if you do it intentionally. If you do it absentmindedly and you don't really focus on what you're doing, then it won't really be self-care. But if you take the time to submerge yourself in what you're doing, be conscious of scrubbing your face with your face wash or every movement that you're making or every word that you're reading or lyric that you're listening to, it can become such a different experience. If you do things intentionally, then that will make you dive so much deeper and truly enjoy things and replenish you, which is the point of self-care, make you feel recharged, give you time to rebalance and all of that. So if you can take something that you enjoy and do it wholeheartedly, I guarantee that will make you not feel guilty about taking time on yourself. And the other thing that's really important to keep in mind in these sorts of activities is to do them without distractions. If you choose to have your special time, be watching YouTube videos or a Netflix show, make sure that when you're doing that, you're doing that. It's not watching the show in the background while you scroll through Instagram or while you check emails or try to do something productive at the same time. It's dedicating yourself to that one specific activity. Because if you try to multitask, that will destroy all intention because you'll stress yourself even more, especially if it's something that you don't enjoy and that you kind of like feel an obligation to do. So make sure that you carve a little bit of time daily or weekly to do something that you enjoy, to do it well, to do it without distractions, without preoccupations. And I think that with time, that will definitely become something guilt-free. When you're starting off, and I'm warning you, it may kind of feel like a waste of time and you may 
kind of hold a little bit of a grudge to let go and enjoy yourself, but keep practicing it, be constant, and one day it'll just shift. And you'll realize that you look forward to this activity, you enjoy it, you benefit from it, you feel better afterward. And then all guilt <laughs> will vanish because you will feel like it actually serves a purpose. And when you feel like it serves a purpose, then you'll find more motivation to do it. So I think you just have to trust the process. At the beginning, it may be a bit rough, but hopefully you can get to the point where you don't feel guilty about it. And it may not come really easily. Maybe you'll have to try a couple of different activities, see what works best for you, what you can enjoy, and finally find something that you can establish and that works for you. So I hope that helps. Laura asks, based on my episode on feminism, for some advice on supporting girls you don't particularly get along with. And this is an astonishing question because I lived that a couple of years ago. And my advice for you is kind of controversial. Some people don't like it, but it has helped me a lot. And it is fake it till you make it. I have applied this in several aspects of my life and it has worked. In that episode about feminism, I really preached being able to support every woman in your life to build a stronger community where we are able to say kind words to each other and help each other out instead of tearing each other down, which is what we see a lot of today. And it's really natural to think about, okay, well, how can I do this with people that I genuinely do not like, do not really want in my life, do not support? How can I be civil towards them and how can I be a good feminist towards them, even if I don't genuinely feel the desire to do all of these amazing things for them. My advice, of course, would not be to bash them down and to do what you really want to do if you don't like them because that's not really very kind. And I don't think you should overdo it either because if you know deep down you don't like somebody and if you've even talked badly about them behind their back, it would be really hypocritical of you to be kind of kind to their face and really supportive and really nice. So I guess that you should find a middle point at first, just be civil to them, just be kind, don't do anything mean, don't be snarky or anything like that. And once you've established kind of like that civil relationship, I think that you can take more steps towards actually building them up as you would do with any other person in your life that's closer with you. And I think that can be manifested in very simple ways. You can respond to their Instagram story. You can congratulate them for an achievement they've done. You can genuinely tell them nice messages like, oh, I'm happy about this good thing that happened to you. And things that you would do with other friends in your life, try to do them to them as a simple form of respect. I mean, think about it this way. If any human being on the planet has something good happen to them, then that's kind of like an earning for all of us because if one person is happier, then they will be kinder to the rest of us. So I think we should really be happy for other people when good things happen to, to them because if it were us, then we would be really happy too and we would want other people to share that joy. So again, even if it doesn't feel totally natural at first, I'm not asking you to be hypocrite. I'm just asking you to be civil towards this person and little by little start constructing a better relationship with them and tell them nice, encouraging words which you would like to hear. Think about the situation in which other people have been mean to you when you really wanted kindness and be that person for this other person. Be the person who's always there for them, who's always supporting them, congratulating them, because I think those little things can definitely make a difference. When people congratulate you on something that matters, even if you don't get along with them so well, it's important and it means something. So 
I think that you just really have to get into the habit of always supporting other people and it will come to a point where it comes naturally regardless of the person. And that will teach you two main things. The first one, to treat everybody in the same way, whether you like them or not, which some people can struggle with, including myself. And two, to get into the habit of not only being nice with them, but being able to genuinely support them. And the reason my advice was fake it till you make it was because if at first you feel like you're congratulating people absent-mindedly and like you don't really mean it, with time something within you will click and you'll be able to say those things and actually mean them and actually feel happy for these people without the slightest hint of jealousy or insecurity so i encourage you to take those small steps towards this goal be civil to everybody and then start incrementing it by congratulating them and giving them positive messages until a point where it comes natural and habit and automatic because that will help build a better world, a stronger community of feminists and overall better people in the planet, obviously not only with girls, but also with guys. So I hope that you can apply this in your life. Matilde asks, what inspires me? And I have a couple of main things that I want to touch on for this beautiful question. So the first one is seeing myself thrive in really big ways or in small ways. For instance, a very daily example is if I have a day where I'm being super productive, doing a bunch of things and doing them well, doing them happily, and I take a look at that, it makes me feel so satisfied and so inspired. It makes me want to continue, want to keep working, want to keep creating. And I think that is a true meaning of inspiration, just wanting something. So seeing myself really like happy and successful and productive in day-to-day -day life gives me that sensation. And also in big ways when I see that this huge thing I've been working hard for for so long actually turned out the way I wanted, that gives me a push to keep going and motivates me to keep working and to just continue through that path because it can get boring, it can get unmotivating, it can get dull. So those pushes of seeing that everything I'm doing is actually worth it are so important to me and I think it's key in keeping me inspired. We as humans feed off results and if we feel like what we're doing is useless, then we'll easily fall out of it. But if I see myself thriving or if I see myself benefiting or other people benefiting, that inspires me and makes me want to keep going. So I guess that would be the first thing that inspires me. The next one is a little bit more superficial, but it's just kind of like when I feel like I want a little bit more of aesthetic, I guess. <laughs> so I love looking through canva if you don't know what it is it's this app or website that has a bunch of templates for anything you could need presentations instagram posts it's what i use for my instagram posts on the podcast instagram um, if you need to make infographics, anything you need in any dimensions is available for you on Canva and it has the prettiest templates to pick from. So I really love just browsing through the templates. If I'm ever sad or bored in class even, <laughs> I'll start looking through those templates and they're so pretty. And I don't know what it is, but sometimes just looking through them makes me want to fix my life, honestly. And it's crazy how a simple visual can make you feel that, you know? Like, it can make me want to be more organized or do something productive. And it's it's insane because it's just me looking at these pretty pictures. But that definitely is something that can get me out of a slump, along with looking through Pinterest. Pinterest is just amazing we all know that but kind of like browsing through my ideal lifestyle just a bunch of beach pics cool fun things that people do with friends fashion hair 
jewelry i just i love those little like feminine delicate touches and that fun lifestyle so my pinterest is kind of like filled with that stuff and if i ever i, I don't usually say like oh i'm gonna look through pinterest but if i ever have to go on for one thing and i stumble upon these images that represent what i want that definitely inspires me in a very subtle way even if i didn't do it intentionally i think that's a really big deal because the power of one image i mean a picture says a thousand words and that is so true because from what i'm saying here just looking at content that connects with me it can really shift my behavior so i think that says a lot it's something that i like to do when i'm feeling a bit kind of dull and stuck the last thing that i would say inspires me is auditive so i had visuals and now we're <laughs> talking about things that you can listen to and I think a really big one is powerful music. Now I don't listen to that much music nowadays because podcasts have taken over my life but there are some singers and bands and artists that I particularly love because I feel like their music is so powerful and that's the best word I can use to describe it. It just transports me. It takes me to another dimension and I feel like that music is really important because it makes you think, you know, it makes you think about your life, where you want to be, anything deep, really. And that is what will really set you on some sort of track. It will inspire you to either make this change in your life or do this thing you had pending or whatever. But the point is, it will inspire you to do something. The words, the melody will create a shift in you that makes an initiative to want to do something. And I think that is absolutely huge. The power of music is truly mind-blowing and you know it just use it for your good you know <laughs> if you ever feel like you need a little push music could maybe be the answer and i don't make music myself i admire so many of my friends which have that talent and they can sing or play instruments but i definitely think that music is just really important especially in inspiring you and i'm saying this from a non-musician perspective right i'm just a normal person who really enjoys listening to powerful music and then the other auditive thing that i really like is listening to podcasts i listen to many podcasts throughout my week and I think that the content you consume is really important, not only through podcasts, but also YouTube and Instagram. And I think that I've done a really good job at picking intentional content to listen to and things that will help me grow, things that are important for me to learn and just making sure that everything I put into my ears <laughs> is really beneficial for me and a lot of the podcasts that I listen to will motivate me and inspire me to do something that's important for me to be more careful with my behavior or my attitude or my mentality or create a new habit or look at things through a different lens which is also really important or learn about these amazing new people so i think that the power of podcasts is infinite as well hey that's why i make my own right but yeah i guess just really simple things that i have noticed produce a little or bigger change within me that makes me want to act i feel like those are the types of things that will definitely inspire me so yeah i think this is a really good question i would love to know what you guys think about it what inspires you question of the day thanks mati for that amazing question last question of the day comes from sarah and she asks me what i think about self-love now this is a really big topic i've talked about it a little bit throughout the episode but there are some things that i want to mention additionally and a really important thing that i feel like is definitely underrated is that 
self-love is not perfect. It does not mean to me, at least, that you need to idealize every aspect of you and think that you are perfect physically and your personality is amazing and that you are totally satisfied with yourself. I don't think that's self-love. I think self-love is being aware of who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, and appreciating your existence. Being thankful to your body for the things it can do, thankful for your upbringing, for your perspective on things, for your talents, and acknowledging all of those things, but also knowing what your weaknesses are and consciously working on them because self-love is also doing things for your improvement. So I think that it really should be kind of like that well-rounded global vision and not just totally being obsessed with yourself, but more in kind of like the way that I described. And that has taken me some time to figure out because I have seen all of these quotes on Instagram about how self-love should be. And for the longest time, I didn't resonate with them and I didn't know what self-love meant to me. But recently I've been discovering this definition, which applies to myself, which I think is sensible, which I think is realistic and actually beneficial because self-love shouldn't be a dead end where you just love yourself so much you think you don't need to work on anything. It should be this door that leads you to so many other opportunities and so many other things that you can do to grow as a person and to become happier, you know? It should be this thing that gives you opportunities and not something that leaves you stuck. So having kind of like this abstract definition of self-love, I think it's important to tackle how you can do this to yourself in a way that you feel like you love yourself. And that's really tricky because I know a lot of girls that say, I don't actually love myself. And what I think the solution to that is to prove to yourself that you love yourself. And this comes from superficial, simple acts. Things like doing a face mask, taking care of your skin every day, having good hygiene, good self-care habits, which are things that can often slip up or making sure that you change your sheets and just simple things like that. I feel like I did them and I started implementing them in my life. And that proved to me that I loved myself. I was like, hey, look, you're doing all of those little tasks just for yourself, just for your well-being, that must mean something. And then that starts transforming into bigger acts, things like saying no to people or things that don't bring you peace, taking decisions for your well-being, making sacrifices for your potential well-being, things which can seem really difficult right now. But if you start taking the little steps towards proving to yourself that you actually love and care about yourself and then having that transcend into deeper aspects is so important. For instance, you need to see that you actually care about yourself and that will start sinking into your brain. And then when a next big decision comes around, that part will play in and your brain will be like, hey, you actually love yourself. You actually care about yourself. Look at everything you do on a day-to-day basis. So now let's act according to that attitude and not be hypocrites so that this decision benefits you the most. I think that the power of simple things really will shift your mindset. And it's really important to prove these things to yourself, to actually make you see because affirmations can only go so far you need to see results you need to see yourself doing things to actually convince yourself i am very much a scientific person with some things and i need to see to believe so that's what i do with things that i want in my life i think that it's important to have 
to a certain degree manifestation and repeating things to yourself and being kind to yourself and then that will influence the way you act and you'll act with more devotion with more rigor or whatever it is you need to achieve those goals you're repeating to yourself and then once you see that those goals start producing rewards you'll be more motivated so you'll think more positive thoughts which will lead you again to work better and then when you work better you'll think better and it's a cycle you know one thing depends on the other so you have to start somewhere and continue nurturing that cycle your thoughts will influence your actions and then your actions will produce in you an effect that makes you acknowledge what has happened and then it will induce more positive thoughts and so on and so on so i think it's really important to just get started with self-care in little ways and continue that to bigger things that will ultimately benefit you more and not be in this idealist mindset. Today's review is a lovely email that I kindly received from Esther and I would love to share it with you guys because these messages just warm my heart and make my day. So again, quick disclaimer, be sure to give my podcast a review on Apple Podcasts or send me a voice message through Anchor or to my Gmail and I will feature those in my episodes. So let's get started with Esther's lovely message. Hey there! I encountered your podcast while browsing around Spotify, and let me tell you, it was a sweet surprise. I really enjoy listening to your content. I just wanted to thank you for creating it, because it has helped me with my anxiety attacks. Listening to your calming voice, your weekly favorites, and your advice has really made it easier for me to manage anxiety and stress on a daily basis. I hope you never stop recording episodes. I'm truly grateful for all of it. Thanks again. And I was just so happy to receive this message. A lot of the time I feel like I'm creating content for nobody and it's really gratifying to receive these kind words and I am so, so, so happy to hear that I have been producing a positive impact on your well-being and it makes me really, really happy. So I hope that my content can continue having that impact for you and for other people and even if it is just one person, it's worth it and I think I can go to bed calm at night because I know that I'm helping at least one person and I'm so grateful for you taking the time to listen to my episodes and to write to me. So thank you so much if you're listening to this. I really appreciate you and everybody who listens and I hope that all of you receive the best success. I wish you all the best things and I'm sending out the best energy to you guys. Thanks for all of the support. With that, this episode has come to a close. So thank you so, so, so much to each and every one of you for taking the time to think about a question and type it up. I appreciate it so much. As I say, always Q&As are some of my favorite episodes to record and they would not be possible without you guys. So I am infinitely grateful for receiving all of these interesting questions that make me think. So I really hope that they help you guys out, that they can have some sort of impact in your life and that they genuinely help improve the situation you guys talked to me about or gave you some insight about my personal life so yeah thank you guys again for so much of the support and i will see you all on thursday well that's about it for this episode i would like to clarify that i am not a specialist everything i share is based off of my experience and what i've learned don't forget to follow the podcast instagram at theasty podcast I'm very active on there. It's a visually aesthetic platform built with interactive spaces for us. Please tag me on your stories and send me pics listening with your tea. Also, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. (laughs) Whatever your platform lets you do, it would help me out a lot. 
because reviews are the only way I can start growing, getting recommended to new people, and being included in rankings. Plus, I read reviews here, so if you want to be featured, be my guest. Go ahead and spread this episode with any friends or family you think will like it. I would love it for you to share your thoughts on this podcast. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor or through my email, theastypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out for business inquiries and set up sponsorships through there as well. Make sure to check out the show notes. There's a bunch of fun stuff listed down there alongside with links to everything I mentioned here today. Remember, you can join me every Thursday for a new episode, including the last one of every month with a guest and an additional bonus Q&A every month. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful week. Mm -hmm.